Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Farmers' health is a topic probably not discussed often enough by farmers themselves. It's often when something goes wrong and it starts to affect farmers' time farming that it comes to a head. The concept that a farmer is capable of solving everything on the farm and health is only another one of these problems is probably a commonly held view. We're joined by Dr. Noel Richardson, a lecturer and director of Health Corps in IT Carlo. Noel is the principal author of the first ever national policy on men's health and continues research in the area around men's health policy, mental health and suicide prevention. I asked Noel about the work he completed on a project called On Firm Ground and why he carried out that work. We've been working in the National Centre for Men's Health for, for a few years now in the area of farmers' health. And we're, we're aware of some of the kind of challenges and some of the issues that, that farmers face, both in terms of physical and mental health. So the idea with this programme was to um, work with agricultural advisors, who we know are very well placed in terms of their, how they engage with farmers. You know, they, they see farmers regularly. They're seen as a, as a trusted, confident by farmers, you know, the, because, because of the nature of the relationship. So we thought, wouldn't it make a lot of sense if we could define a very, a very kind of simple role for ag advisors um, to support them on, in engaging with farmers on health issues? Um, and I should stress from the start, we're, not, we're certainly not trying to turn ag advisors into, into health professionals. That's not the case at all. But what we are trying to do is find a way where, farm, where ag advisors might signpost farmers to appropriate supports and services in their communities and also to be able to have a conversation with a farmer about a health issue you know to, and to kind of normalize that and again this isn't about diagnosing problems it's just asking questions like how are you how are things going is there anything you need you know so it, it, it's 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 that kind of genuine kind of connection uh, between the ag advisor and the farmer and De developing a training program that will that will support ag advisors in that role to kind of mainstream health within conversations and to provide ag advisors with the basic knowledge and awareness of where they might signpost farmers to available supports and services in their communities if they have any concerns about an issue with a farmer. Yeah, that certainly makes a lot of sense, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, advisors build up a, a really strong relationship with farmers over, in lots of cases, a long period of time. So it makes sense for them to be, I suppose, trying to ask the right questions, at least, and point in the right direction. Just in terms of, of the work that you did, um, you might just tell us how you went about that work and who was involved, if you like, parts of the country or, you know, was there, was there people other than farmers involved in it? Yeah, that's a good question, Michael. So, so what we decided to do, we, we, we identified key target groups. Farmers were obviously one of those groups. So we conducted focus groups with dairy farmers, bee farmers, tillage farmers. Um, we also engaged with ag advisors and consultants. Um, we talked to farmers, uh, spouse and partners. Um, and we talked to some farm organizations like, like Mockery and the IFA. So it, it wasn't a, like a survey as such. We, we conducted focus groups with these target groups. And we tried to pick different parts of the country. So we, we, we had some in the west of Ireland. We had some in the south of Ireland, in the Midlands. So we, we tried to have a kind of regional spread of, of, of geography, of farm enterprise, 
uh, farm size and so on. So to really get a good mix of, of, of perspectives and viewpoints on, on, on the questions we were asking. Um, so, and I mean, what we tried to, to look at basically was, you know, what are the key challenges that farmers face and how might ag advisors support farmers in that regard? And Noel, you mentioned that you looked at spouses as well. Was there females and spouses in that? And you know, was there not to go terribly far into into that? But was there any marked difference between the men and the women, if you like, that were interviewed? There, there, there wasn't really, to be honest. I mean, like we might talk shortly about some of the the culture within farming that that can sometimes um, be a barrier, an obstacle farmers engaging with their health, but like women face those same barriers. I mean, I, I can distinctly remember one quotation from a, from a female farmer group um, and they talked about, I mean, this, this finding came through a lot, the notion that farmers work has never done, that, you know, it's very difficult to take time off and get that kind of work-life balance that you might see in other occupations. But female farmers face exactly the same challenge. And I mean, one female farmer talked about you know, feeling guilty if you went, she went and got her hair done or did, did something like that, you know, without wishing to be sexist now in, in the example. But um, so, I mean, the, the, the cultural norms are there for, for our farming more than, than, than male or female, if you like, you know what I mean? So the women farmers face the very same challenges in that regard, yeah. Okay, and in terms of what you were looking at, was it just around the likes of mental health or did it go further into physical health, you know, cardio problems or that kind of thing? We weren't asking about specific health conditions. We were asking in the first instance about kind of what are the challenges that farmers face and what kind of barriers are there in relation to health. Um, and I mean, some of the key things that came through, I think that are worth mentioning, um, no surprise to say that isolation was, was a really key factor and, and, and with COVID now, I'm sure that's even a more serious issue now. And in particular in relation to isolation, a lot of our participants talked about, you know, the, the challenge of, you know, living in a remote area, not seeing people from one end of the week to the other. And if you do have a problem that, that it's, it's very, you know, it, it, it can be a real challenge that farmers kind of ruminate on, on the problem or, you know, they don't have anyone to kind of to, to, to share the problem with or, or get advice. So by, by, by not having that opportunity, the problem grows over time and festers, I think, was the word that was used. So isolation is a huge issue, and, and particularly for, I think, for older single farmers, you know, that, that, that was a real issue. And also for farmers who were, who were um, caring for uh, older uh, adults, you know, like be the, be the parents or, or relatives, you know, so having those kind of caring responsibilities coupled with farming and then living in an isolated area was, was a real challenge. Um, and other, other challenges that came up, I think, that are worth mentioning was like scale came up a lot. You know, the, the challenges associated with scale and the, the feeling that like if you don't ship up or you have to get the shape out or you shape up or ship out. Um, so that, that, that sense that um, there was real pressure now to, to, to increase farm size and productivity. And if, if you didn't do that, then you were left behind. Um, a lot of farmers talked about the, the new regulatory frameworks and the pressure to have to, you know, to, to, to meet deadlines associated with different scheme payments, for example, and that their sense of autonomy and control over their livelihoods had been diminished in that regard. Um, yeah, and I think the last one that's worth mentioning was, was, was um, 
the, the, the way farm practices have changed and can add to the previous point, you know, the, the, the amount of paperwork now that was there, you know, for to process all these kind of schemes and, and everything it's else. difficult like, to get through, certainly, yeah. So, no, when you're talking about that, and I suppose the view would have been, I suppose, maybe held around the place that, you know, I, I, I'm a farmer, I can deal with most problems on my own on the farm because um, I'm, I'm multi-skilled, if you like. I'm, I, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm a farmer, I'm a tractor driver, I'm a milk cows, I can do whatever I like. And is it is, is that still there? You know, I am an island type of stereotype um, in, in terms of them trying to figure out some of those health yeah, problems that's, as well. That's a, that's a really good question. I mean, like it, it would be wrong to say that every farm is like that. It's certainly not the case. And we've, you know, we've seen examples of farmers being very good advocates and speaking out about health issues over the last number of years. We had, we had a webinar last week where with a farmer from South Kenya who was excellent in, in putting some points across. Um, having said that, I mean, that those kind of more traditional notions of farming masculinity are, are still somewhat prevalent. So the idea that, that what I mentioned earlier, like that, a farmer's work is never done. That that's still there. Um, I think putting your body on the line is is still there. Do you know what I mean? So taking risks and and um, working your body into the ground when 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 the need arises, you know, at certain busy periods, that that sense of pressure to do that is still there. And also the idea of of, of being, I suppose, vulnerable or or seeking help, particularly for a mental health issue, that that's still there's still evidence of that there. And finally, I guess the, the notion that health is, is still kind of women's business, if you like, that, that's, that's a very unhelpful perception as well among some male farmers, you know. So, that, and again, this reinforces the need for a program such as On Farm Ground to, to try and get farmers to be more proactive about male farmers and be more proactive about their own health, take responsibility, and not to be shy about kind of asking for help if they, if they need to. Uh, and, and seeing health as, as being an intrinsic part of their livelihood. Do you know what I mean? So like, I mean, farmers take great care for their land, for their cattle, for, you know, for, for their farm enterprise. And really the message should be, should be, I think, that the number one asset in all of that is, is farmers' own health. I suppose, Noel, there, 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 I presume you, you might have got a sense of it. I'd often get from farmers as well that um, if, if I stop working, well, who else is going to do it? So I've got to keep going. Well, absolutely. But I mean, if, if, if we st stop and, 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 and think about that logically, you know, like it really is worth investing you know, no more than servicing a tractor or, you know, or keeping, keeping farm equipment in good shape, like in, in order to sustain a kind of a productive farming model, um, a farmer's health is, is crucial to that. And if a farmer can't work, well, then the, the livelihood is going to suffer and profitability is going to suffer. So our message in this program is very much about, you know, tr trying to get your own house in order, get your own health in good nick and maintain good health. And that, that will be hugely significant in, in the longer run in terms of maintaining um, a profitable farm. Yes. So, no, did, did you get any sense from farmers that um, they're getting any better at asking for help when they are in trouble? I'm not just talking about their, their doctor for physically, uh, kind of from a mental health point of view. That, that, that's definitely happening. And I think, the, you know, farm discussion groups are, are a key element of that. Because what, what we find in, in men's health work generally, um, like if you've got, say, 10 men in a group or eight men in a group, um, they, they don't all have to be... 
able to open up about something. All it takes is one farmer to raise an issue or to say something, and that can that can prompt others to to do likewise. So I, I think the, the best way of of getting around this is for farmers to share their stories and to work with farmers in environments where they're comfortable, you know, like discussion groups. And um, we've had another program called Farmers of Hearts run out in Marts and Co-ops with the Irish Heart Foundation who run health checks. And before we started that program, we were told farmers wouldn't be, wouldn't be interested, they wouldn't get involved. And of course, no, nothing could be further from the truth. The farmers have embraced that program hugely and are very proactive in availing of the health checks and follow-up interventions that, that we've developed. So, I mean, I think it's a myth that farmers are not interested in their health. I, I do think that there might be an initial challenge, a cultural challenge in terms of overcoming traditional taboos about farmers being invincible or not showing problems. But I think once all we need is one good farmer to, to, to challenge that and to, to say, look, I was in trouble and this is what I did and this is, this is what I found worked. And, and, and once that happens, I think it, 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 it can open a kind of worms in a, in a very positive sense in that other farmers can feel, I guess, a sense of permission to open up and to discuss things as well. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there's no shame whatsoever in that. Um, and everyone experiences down periods or, you know, challenges at some point or another. And, and there really is a strength in, in, in actually being able to say, look, I'm in bother here, I need help. Um, and, and, you know, that, that, that's certainly a key message in this training program as well. Well, certainly that, 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 that's something that, that I would be um, certainly aware of. The more farmers I talk to uh, from all around the country over the years, if you like, the commonality of problems over there. Every farmer thinks it's, it's, it's unique to them, but um, funnily enough, lots of our farmers pretty much have, this, have similar problems, whether it's a, a physical thing to do with crops or their, their, uh, whether it's physical uh, back to their, their own health in terms of um, back problems or whatever happens to be, never mind mental health as well. But what I want to try and do just just um, talk a little bit about, we've already talked a little bit about older farmers, but in terms of younger farmers, Noel, um, are they feeling more stressed than, than their older counterparts because of maybe the iso more isolation at the moment, or is there other factors that come into, into play there as well? The, 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 a couple of things came through in relation to younger farmers. One is the again this this notion of uncertainty, you know, with with all the changes in 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 regulations in recent years, and say with Brexit now as well, there there is a lot of uncertainty about, you know, far, where farming is going, about farm incomes and so on, and, and that creates huge pressure, you know, and, and stress on, on 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 all farmers and I think younger farmers in particular. Younger farmers also talked about succession and inheritance as being a real challenge, you know, and maybe having to wait till they're in their 30s or 40s to inherit the land and, and watching their peers get into, you know, good jobs and, and getting on with their lives while they were kind of left so, sometimes in, in a little bit of limbo. Um, having said that, I think this new generation of younger farmers um, aren't probably subject to the same kind of uh, traditional notions of, of stiff upper lip or not showing vulnerability. I think there, there is a different culture among younger farmers to be more open about their health and to, and to seek help if, if, they, if they need to and so on. Um, but yeah, I think that they would be the main things that came across in our study, that, that kind of the uncertainty that comes with, well, with any job now, but I think farming is, is certainly one of those occupations where there's, there's a lot of questions about you know, where things are going. 
um, and also then you know the 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 the, the, the tradition of, of succession inheritance and when when the younger farmer takes on the farm that can be a real challenge. And that's I suppose something that Chagas have have I've been doing a lot of work in over the last um, long number of years, I suppose, but certainly a lot in the last little while. We only had a, a, a webinar and there was, I think there was about 1,500 people on it, which is one of the biggest ones I think we've ever had uh, around succession. So when it comes back to, to, to the advisors, um, do you think the advisors at the moment are sufficiently trained to be able to cope with some of the problems we're talking about? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I mean, they're not trained, that's the first thing, uh, and that's not to blame the advisors, but there, there isn't, prior to this, there hasn't been any existing model of supporting ag advisors or consultants um, to have any kind of formal or informal health role. That, that said, um, I think we all know, and, and certainly our experience from this research study was that ag advisors are already engaged in this role because of the nature of the work. So they've, they've consistently said in this research that, you know, they, they deal with, with human beings, they deal with people on the farms, they, they don't go in just with, with one agenda to, to deal with, you know, whatever the, the agricultural aspect of their work is. They deal with the farmer as a person, and if the farmer isn't, isn't feeling well, or, you know, if there's, if there's signs of distress on the farm, for example, they, they, they can't ignore that. So the, the reality is they're dealing with, health issues on a daily basis. They're, from what I can see, they're doing an incredible job in, in, in making the best of that without any formal support or training up to now. So hopefully what this training will provide will be a bit more clarity about what that role might look like, um, what the kind of boundaries of that role are. So I think what's really important is that we don't ask ag advisors, as I mentioned at the outset, to take on the role of a GP, for example. But what they might do is, 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 is to say, is to advise a farmer to go to GP or to talk to an ex of kin or a family member and say, look, I'm worried about such and such a person. Maybe we should, you know, get some help or get some intervention. So, um, so they, they have that really strategic role and they're in a very strong position. Um, they're, they're hugely goodwilled about this. I mean, they, they, they want what's best for the farmer in every sense. So it's, I think it's a win-win for everyone if we can support ag advisors with, it, with a bit more clarity about what that role might look like and what the boundaries of the role would be. Okay, so Noel, I just have the last two questions uh, I briefly want to talk to you about. Um, on firm grounds, the, the, the program, if you like, of activities, when do you see that um, being rolled out? And, you know, and I suppose it's aligned around this. We've already mentioned COVID and how that's after altering the... Um, the landscape, if you like, of how farmers are functioning out there, um, is that going to affect the rollout or, you know, in terms of being faster or it's just going to make it more difficult? Yeah, it does, it does pose a couple of challenges. Um, our original timeline was to roll out the, 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 the initial training programme in November this month, 2020, and the plan was to train 24 advisors or consultants uh, on a train the trainer model so that they would become trainers and with a bit of mentoring and support from some of our experienced trainers they would then go out and deliver the, the, the training to other advisors and other consultants obviously with COVID that hasn't happened um, and we've put it back now to early new year early 2021 and um, our, our hope is that we can still deliver this in, in a room in person 
but if the restrictions continue, we'll have to probably make a decision early in the new year to maybe go online and do it online, you know, if that's the only option available to us. But either way, you know, we plan to get this rolled out early in 2021. Okay. Finally, uh, Noel, just to ask you if there's, you know, for farmers who are listening to the podcast here and who might be experiencing difficulties, where is the best, um, or maybe even the first protocol that they, they should turn to to try and get a little bit of help? Um, I'd say the best advice that I could give would be to talk to someone. And, and that, that would be different for everyone. So, you know, whether it's a family member, a neighbor, could be an ag advisor, for example, um, you know, talk, talk to someone and, and don't, don't continue to be on your own with the problem. Um, and, you know, it could be that you might go to your GP then or you could go call a helpline if it's, you know, if you're experiencing, you know, really low mood or, or feeling anxious or distressed. Um, you could call one of the mental health support lines. But I think the key message is to not to, not to delay in, in asking for help. And who that, who that help is isn't the most important question, I think, in, in some respects, because most people, if they're, if they're asked for help and support, will will follow up and, 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 and signpost that person to, to, to more formal health services. But I think an equally important question, Michael, is, I mean, we, we write to place a lot of emphasis on people asking for help, and, and we've been talking a little bit about that. But I think there's an onus on all of us to keep an eye out for people who, who do need help. So I'd say we should, we should equally focus on the help givers, not just the help seekers. So while, while it's important to ask for help and not to be slow or shy about saying I, I, need, I need support with something, it's equally important that each of us takes on that role. And it's, this is in the traditional spirit of farming and that mehel within rural communities where people look out for each other and helped each other you know, in, 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 with, with, with farm practices. I think it's in keeping with that, that, that we, would, we would keep an eye out. And if something is amiss, you know, if a farmer doesn't show up at something for, you know, or the, or the, the farm isn't looking the way it usually looks, you know, for signs of distress, as I mentioned earlier, well, don't, don't be afraid to intervene, you know, and you could be just asking a simple question, how are you, you know, can I help you with anything? And, and that, that could be all that's needed, that simple intervention to make a big difference. Sure. That old phrase, uh, I suppose, it still rings very true. A problem shared is a problem halved. And it's as true now as probably as ever it was. Completely. Absolutely. I want to thank you very much for your time and thanks very much for talking to us. And hopefully we might come back and talk to you maybe in the new year. Thanks very much. No problem, Michael. Thanks very much. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week. And my thanks to Noel for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more tillage news and advice.